0: I want to start today with a little bit of Bible trivia. Have you been studying, burning up? Hands ready on your buzzers. You don't have any buzzers, so you just gotta shout out. Anybody's got an answer? It's okay if you're wrong. Here's the question. What is the second longest book of the Bible? Anybody? Any answers? Come on. Exodus, I heard. Any Revelation? A few different things. Anybody know what the longest book of the Bible is? Isaiah Oh, lots, lots of answers for Isaiah. Anyway, it's actually a bit more complicated question than you think, because it's, are you going by word count, or by verses, or by chapters? And if you go by word count, are you using the original Hebrew or Greek, and how do you count words, or what English translation are you going by? It's not that simple a question. But the simplest way is to just look at chapters. And if you're going by chapters, the longest book of the Bible is Psalms, with 150 And it also contains the shortest chapter in the Bible, which was our, I don't know if you noticed how short the psalm was today. Psalm 117 is only two verses. That was the entirety of the psalm that we just prayed. But the second longest book of the Bible is Isaiah, which we heard from in the first reading. It has 66 chapters, and that's significant for us today because our reading from Isaiah today was from chapter 66. It's a long, long book of prophecy and even spans over some centuries of Israel's history. And it has all sorts of themes in it. God is lamenting the waywardness of the people, the way they've turned away from him. He's exhorting them to come back and to worship the right way. God's promising that he's going to restore Israel. God's reaching out to comfort his people. Lots of different things that are discussed, different kind of messages. But at the very end, in this reading that we've got, that's some of the last verses in this long, long book. We see a beautiful picture of what God's heart is for all of humanity. We see all the nations being gathered together in one to worship the Lord together. And this is really God's heart for at the end of all that's happened over human history and all that will happen, all of. The sin and the love and all of the waywardness and the faithfulness and the worship and all of the life and the death, in the end of it all, God's heart for all of us is to come together, everybody from any corner of the earth, from any age of human history, everybody coming together to worship God as one. That's God's final goal with us, the real desire of his heart. And there's kind of a pattern here that we see, and not only in God's heart, but then also who we're meant to be as church. It's this pattern that's kind of repeated and unfolded. We see from the beginning, God was just on his own from all eternity, the three persons of the Trinity, in a nice little community of love that didn't have any need of anything else outside. They were just perfectly complete in their little circle of love. But God's nature is such that it wanted to go beyond that, so God creates... Creation so that more things can share in his glory. God creates us, humanity, so that we can share in the life of God. God wanted to go beyond the circle to draw more people into his life. And we see this as well with the Jews, God's chosen people. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God is only revealing himself to, only in relationship with, this small little nation of people out of all the nations on the earth. God was just talking to the Jews. They were his chosen people. But from the very beginning, the promise of blessing for the Jews was to be a blessing to all the nations. From how God gives that promise to Abraham at the beginning, he says, you will be a blessing to all peoples. And we see this in Jesus it's fulfilled, made real, when he breaks down that barrier between the Jews, the the inner circle of God's people, and the Gentiles. Suddenly, salvation is offered to everybody. God wants to reach outside of the circle. And this is true also of the church, of us. We are God's people, in a particular way, we're we're in His circle, as it were, we're sharing in the life of God, we're in relationship with Him, and we're here to hear Him speak and to love Him and worship Him today. But we don't exist, the church doesn't exist for us, the church is to be a sign of salvation. It exists for those on the outside who don't yet know God and the gift that it is to share in His life. We exist as church to be a sign of salvation for them because this is God's heart. He wants to reach out of our circle to those on the outside and to draw them in. Now, I just want to also mention that while, while this is the reality of who we are as church some of us here might actually feel like we are those ones on the outside. And if that's you and you're with us today, I just want to say welcome. I'm delighted that you're here. Um, And that's the heart of God as well, that for whatever reason might have brought you in today, whether you're outside of the church or whether you're just feeling far away from God at this time, that I'm I'm delighted that that you're able to be here or, or listen to this online and tune in with us. And it's God's heart too that he's excited, he's delighted that you're able to be drawn into his life, drawn into this community of his love. But I want to come back to this image in Isaiah that we have, that at the end of the book, there's this beautiful image where God wants to gather all the nations. He sends out some of the faithful to go and preach to the ends of the earth, and then they all come to God's holy mountain. It says, all of your brothers and sisters will be brought to the holy mountain to worship with us. All of them. And I feel a sort of joy as I read this, this passage. It makes me think of like a scene kind of like Palm Sunday. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and there was this kind of this overflow of joy. The people were singing and dancing in the streets. They were, they were laying down their clothes in front of him to pave the way, they were shouting with their joy. That's the kind of picture this gives me of how God feels about all these people coming from outside and coming to join in our worship. That there's this celebration and excitement that they're coming to join us. And so I wanted to just invite you to think now about these people that I'm sure every one of us knows Somebody at least who's on the outside of our circle, perhaps not connected to the life of God, perhaps outside of the church. And I invite you to think of just one person who you know who's like that. If you can't think of one specific person, just think of what a person would look like who was far from God. I want you to hold them in their mind and picture them coming into the church. Perhaps it's like at the beginning of our Mass when we're singing a song of praise we're all standing and and lifting our voices, that they're being kind of carried in in this this joyous procession, as if it's like an honoured guest coming into a festival, or like Jesus when he was entering into Jerusalem at that time. And let's listen again to this passage from Isaiah. I will gather all the nations of every language. They will come to witness my glory. As an offering to the Lord, we will bring this brother or sister and every one of God's children on horses, on litters, in chariots, on mules, on camels, from their distant countries. We will bring them to your holy mountain in Jerusalem. Oh, there's so much joy in the heart of God that, that these ones who are on the outside would be able to be drawn in to the life of God, to come and join in this love and life and worship with us. And I I hope you've been able to glimpse something of that, the joy, the excitement in the heart of God by thinking about that. I want to touch briefly also, though, on our gospel today, because Jesus gives us some, some warnings that are not the most palatable of messages, but he warns us that there's a danger that we can actually find ourselves at the end on the outside. So I just wanted to unpack what that might mean quickly, because as we share in the life of God, we're all here to to be in relationship with God, to share in His life. As we live out our life as children of God, we ought to become more like Him. As we share in the life of God, we ought to be actually transformed to be more and more like Him. To be a child of God means to take on a resemblance of our Father. And one aspect of this is to share in God's heart that wants to go out to those on the outside, his heart that rejoices in bringing in those who aren't already sharing in his life. And so, if we don't allow ourselves to be caught up in this this joy and excitement in the heart of God, then this is perhaps when Jesus can look at us and say, I don't know where you come from. You don't seem to have that resemblance to the Father's heart. And therefore, I, I can't see you as being a child of God. So if we're not open to actually being transformed and taking on something of this love of God in our own hearts, growing to, to really love and desire that our brothers and sisters be brought in, then Jesus won't recognize us as children of God because we're not, we're not truly becoming children of God. Now, this this is important, but Jesus doesn't really want to motivate us with the fear of what would happen if we don't do this right. He wants to motivate us by sharing with us a taste of the joy and the excitement of the love that's in the heart of the Father, that we would want to share in that more and more. So let's hear this invitation from our readings today to participate in the heart of our Father a little bit more. Participate in this heart that wants to reach out. Let's pray for those who don't yet know the love of God. Let's pray for those who don't yet know the joy of sharing in God's life. Let's pray for those that we know who are in that situation. Let's pray for those that we don't know. Let's pray that God would put the right people on our hearts that He wants to touch and He wants to move in their lives right now. But let's also not stop at praying Let's actually participate in God's heart such that we can be the church that God calls us to be. Let's actually be God's hands and feet and lips to actually reach outside of our circle and share God's life with those on the outside. Let's be open enough to witnessing our faith to those that we meet who don't know what our faith means. Let's be courageous enough and loving enough to actually extend an invitation when that opportunity arises, to invite them in. And let's be open to be welcoming when, God willing, they do come in. Welcoming with acceptance and compassion. And let's be ready to actually share with them this great gift that we have found in sharing in the life of God. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful and consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.